Hey, I'm Bob Runkle, and for as long as I can remember, I've loved pop culture. Despite the challenges I've faced in my life, pop culture has always been there for me. I love talking to people and being a platform for others to share their thoughts and stories. Because if there's one thing I never get tired of, it's seeing driven, talented, and inspiring individuals follow their dreams, no matter what obstacles are in their way. And I know a thing or two about that. Welcome to the DJ Bob Show. I'm DJ Bob. Roll it. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present. And now, here is your host, DJ Bob. What can I say about Carmen Carter, our guest for today? She's an amazing vocalist. She has contributed her voice to many film, television, and recordings over the years. She was one of the principal singers on the hit ABC series, Dancing with the Stars. She has performed on the Super Bowl with Adam Levine and Maroon 5, among so many other things. We talk about career, disability inclusion, and life in general. It's a real fun, lighthearted, and sometimes deep conversation, but a meaningful one. Enjoy this. So, for those that don't know you, would you mind giving a little bit of an elevator pitch of who you are and what you've done over the years? Oh, yes. My name is Carmen Carter. I'm a professional singer. I've been in the business for many years. <laughs> and I've, um, I sang at the Super Bowl with Adam Levine. I've been on the Oscars. I sang for the King of Thailand. Um, did numerous movies like Ray. Dream Girls, The Falkers, Shrek, Lion King. I mean, many, many things. Barbie doll commercials, a current potential commercial. I've, I'm currently, you can hear my daughter and me singing at um, Florida. What is it? Disney World, Florida, in the Happily Ever After Parade. It's the part where Aladdin is up there. We're singing in the background, which I love. I'm so proud of that. That's really a fun thing for me. But I've done quite a few children. Um, animated television shows, which I am proud of because that was my goal when I got into the music industry. I wanted to end up singing a lot of things for children. So, And that's kind of how we crossed paths. But even before that, mm-hmm. I tried to reach out to you, I <laughs> guess, 2014 to talk to you about Dancing with the Stars, but you were still on it at the time? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a little bit of a conflict there. But, uh, but it's so funny because we have so many common things about our career. Not expecting to get to where we are today. So you were a biology student? Yes. When I attended UCLA... Um, I initially started out as a psychology, no, no, biology. I was a biology major, but that was pretty challenging because I was also singing. So I was moonlighting in the clubs and going to class and well, actually going to school. 
by looking at the lecture notes. So I wasn't always attending class. So that made me change my major to psychology because that's that was more of a kind of on your own. You needed to go to class, but you really could read the information to kind of grasp the material. So that that that's how I shifted from biology to psychology at UCLA. I find that so interesting. <laughs> yeah, because look, I was at the clubs singing all night and had class at eight o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I didn't make that class. <laughs> I would say most times you didn't make exactly. that class. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I was buying the lecture notes. They sold lecture notes in the student store and I would buy them and, and study from that. Well, yeah, you got to do what you're doing. You got to <laughs> do Exactly. I tried to make it work. So we met through, indirectly, you had posted something on your Facebook, but you you were the main, you basically carry the show, Super Kitties, what you do. Like, you're like the voice of whatever's going on. Yeah, it's so exciting because, you know, I just had no idea. Like you were saying, we just never know where we're going to end up. And I just had no idea that I would get, I would land something that would have me singing throughout the entire show. Of course, I figured I'd sing a main title. I'd sing a song in a show or sing a song in a film. But to sing the entire show is, I mean, it's such a blessing. I, I'm still floored. And it's such a great show. That's yeah. the And Paula and everybody on the team over there. Oh, nice. That's unusual. I, I hate to say that. I don't want to sound negative, but they are amazing. They're very kind people, compassionate people. They're thinking. And, and, I, and you know, like in Super Kitty, I love how they decided to make the villain not such a bad person or give the bil villain a story as to why they're acting the way they're acting. Everybody has to start somewhere. There's only a root to the problem. Exactly. So it's just it's just awesome. They really think it. And the other thing that I love is that at the end, how they have Bitsy. She, she he journals all the time, but I mean electronically. But he sums up the day. And I really think that parents, we parents, I'm I'm not having any kids at this age, but parents, we have to teach our kids to journal early, because instead of allowing them to grow up with these pains that we don't know about maybe if they journal it they may be able to work it out a little bit you know what i mean so i i, I just love the concept that paula and the other writers have come up with um for the show it's great we had to bring that up because you had heard my interview and then i reached out to you like hey i did interviews for this let's talk yes i'm glad you did this is important so, so normally I throw in a couple curveballs to kind of shock my guest, like, like just to kind of throw them off a little bit. So in the late 90s, you were on one of my favorite cartoons. Which one? And that is PB and J Otter. Oh, don't bring it up. I loved that show. PB and J Otter, I did the main title on that show. I sang on that. And I also did some voiceover for the mom. I was her singing voice, and I I may have, and I'm, don't quote me on this, but I may have done some speaking 
parts for her too. I don't remember, but I kind of remember maybe on an occasion that And then happened. you did a song called uh, Hope Will Carry Us Through, which you were the lead on. That, Was that MPBJ? MPBJ? Yeah, yeah, that won an award. It was nominated. What? It was nominated for something. I have no clue about that. <laughs> I have no clue about that. And what's cool about this is I got about a year a year or two ago, I got to reunite the whole cast of that show and the creative team. What? So How did you do that? I interviewed everybody separately at point in time and I said, do you want to get everybody together and do you want to... And they hadn't seen each other in 20 plus years. Yeah. And, you know, it was a kid cast. So to see yeah. them all grown up was just <laughs> mind-blowing. So, yeah, that's a cool, little, a cool little nugget of something that you've done that you probably never get asked about. I, you look, I didn't even know about it. First of all, well, PB&J Otter, of course, I know I was on that show, but the song, what was the name of that song again? Because I'd like to look that up. Hope Will Carry Us Through. Hope Will Carry Us Through. Okay. That's exciting. That's more exciting news for me. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And it's just a little fun nugget that I'm sure you... So what are your memories of recording those sessions? Because obviously you were working with Dan Sawyer. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are your memories of those sessions, recording well, those? Well, I don't particularly remember a lot on that because that was a long time ago. And I've done so many things since. But I do remember singing the main title mostly because it was such a great song. And, and the melody and, and just everything that went into it was a lot of stacking, a lot of overdubbing. It was pretty intense. It was tedious, but man, the outcome was fantastic. You know, you know, when you do all that work and you're doing things in parts in sections, you don't know what it's going to sound like till you hear the final product. And it was just outstanding. It was outstanding. So it was, it was a fun time. I remember that being a fun time because that may have been one of my first, um, kid animated TV series that I've Because that was super early. That was 97, 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so of course, I was excited. You know, I was really excited. Yeah, so that's your your little fun thing I'd like to throw at you. That was a good curveball. That was a good one. (laughs) Nice. Well, for the longest time, I was an avid viewer of Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. And I always remember to you because you know you were with the headband yes (laughs) Yes. so much that (laughs) so tell me that process week to week because you were doing everything on that show it was you know it was so much fun i i have to say that is one of the most fun shows i've been on um we had to learn those songs every week and we would rehearse on Monday morning before the show. And then it's a live show. So that's- and it's a live, we're singing live. You know, if you mess up, you mess up. And, you know, it, it, it was a little, it was a little stressful because for me, especially I can speak for myself. 
I'm not one that would sing a song the same way twice. I just don't, you know, I sing off of how I feel, but that particular show was not a how you feel show. If you sing it one way, the dancers may choreograph to certain lyrics, certain things. So that put the stress element on it. But it was a good stress because we're uh, all the singers on the show with me, totally capable of doing it. We did it every week. We were doing different genres of music every week. Sometimes it was in different languages. It was pretty intense, but it was a lot of fun. And, and none of we didn't get together. Singers, we didn't even get together on our own. We would shed at home. We learned our parts. We knew what we were supposed to sing. And then we came in on that Monday and we put it together and we kind of tweaked it and we went on with that show. And it was... So like, would you get your songs week to week or would you kind of... If it was your theme night, would you kind of know more? No. no. Week to week. Week to week. We got... I believe we got those songs on maybe Wednesday or early morning Thursday so we would know them by Monday. So it was... It was it was intense. <laughs> it and was what, fun though. And what is like not for you to like toot your own, but like what is your proudest moment on that show as far as I can't believe I delivered that performance. That was so difficult. Like how is there something that you think about a lot? Like is there Absolutely. The one that was the most difficult was singing I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston song. Not because of the difficulty of the song, but because the beginning of the song was a cappella. Yeah. There no and yeah. There was no rhythm. There was no nothing. I had to sense how fast this thing had to go. And you know all the dances are timed. They only have so much time they can dance because there's what it's are a nine what are you ninety seconds or so? No, I'm not sure. It was like a minute, maybe, and yeah. maybe a minute fifteen. But I, you know, I don't have a biological clock that's, you know, well, obviously I did because I was able to do it, but it was stressful because I needed to sing that beginning fast enough or slow enough. I had to bring, you know, it was a push and pull, but it it just came out perfectly. And I was so very proud. And it was really, really cool because I believe. That was the one where, well, there was a couple of them, but where Tom Bergeron had to say something about the performance of that song, that it was really, really a good song. It was it was done perfectly because we all knew how hard this was going to be. And it was pulled off and I was so proud. But I, I also, even though you didn't ask me this, I do have to say this too, because I want people to know that, you know, things are not always perfect. They're not, and and how we feel about ourselves when we're doing something. I know there was a song that I sang on Dancing with the Stars that was entitled Cold, Cold Heart. And um, I had to sing that song, but the melody of the music was just consistently the same thing. There was no sounds in the music that let you know, okay, now you're here, now you're there. Oh my God, at rehearsal, I messed up like once. But it was a big deal to me because, you know, my ego is like, I don't mess up. I'm going to do You're your own worst critic. Exactly. But, but do you know I messed up that, that song once? So during the show, I was very, very nervous. Because, I mean, I, I did it at rehearsal. We, we, they rehearsed it maybe 
three times. I messed up the first time. I didn't mess up after that. But still, this thing came over me because we're on TV and it's live. How I felt, what I knew in my mind about what this show was, it threw me. So during the show, I didn't mess up. But I got to admit, I think it took me a year to emotionally get over that mistake, which is pretty unbelievable. I mean, as a creative person, even with what I do, mm-hmm. I get a lot of that too because of my vocal tendencies and the, the disability mm-hmm. part of it. When I when I hear mm-hmm. like something where my lisp is really prevalent or uh-huh. prominent, I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to hear this. Like it just makes me feel. So self-conscious. I already have to deal with so many other things that make me this way. I didn't need this, too. So I understand, like, you're your own worst critic as a creative person, especially. Yes, yes, yes. And I I mean, that's where we are the same. We are no different on any of that stuff. We all feel inadequate at times, you know, and that's just a part of the human condition. We're going to feel that way no matter how perfect we think the other person is. No one is perfect in any way, shape or form. I mean, television will present to you that this is perfect. Everyone's perfect. Look how beautiful that person is. Look how pristine they look. They're all together. It's not true. It's not true. And we all need to be aware of that so that we can all feel good about ourselves because we are okay the way we are. You are okay with the list. If you want to tighten it up, that's fine. But if you're going to have a list, list that makes you special. I know, I'm speaking to Bob. Hey. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so on that note, do you have any questions for me about what I do or the creative process? Because yes. let's just talk, let's see where we're at. I would love to know, you know, what, first of all, how did you decide that you wanted to start this process? I, and I've, I've said this before, but I'll word it differently. As a kid, I was a pop culture encyclopedia because of my physical limitations. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really do much outside. I couldn't really play outside. So TV, music, the radio, all those type of things. They were my outlet. And this was pre-internet. And then when the internet came along, and podcasting and broadcasting, this started out as a live show for four hours every day. Wow. That's a long time. And the physical stamina was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So at, at some point, I transitioned to podcasting, and it's been such a blessing. And even even back then, in the beginning of our show, I never used to talk about my disability. Hmm. Because I never wanted it to be the make-a-wish sort of, like... I understand. Feel bad for me. Mm-hmm. This is... So, so, like, when people would find out that I have a podcast, people in school, when I was in high school, they'd be like, oh, so who set this up for you? It's like... I did that. Like, nobody, this is not a, a put-together thing. This is not a wish. This is not something that some corporation did for me. Right. This is not like some organization that does this for 
disabled people. Like, no, this was me. Wow. Yeah, I, I understand that. That is interesting because people don't understand that. Be that, although a person may have a disability, it doesn't count them out. Like they can't do anything. That is not true. They're more than capable. I think about um, Marley Matlin. She was on Dancing with the uh, Stars. Yeah. Right. Look at her. What? What? I mean, she was she having made it. She she's made a person that far. lives with you know, a hearing deficit. And then you also have, what is the lady's name? Um, Heather Mills. Remember Heather Mills? Yeah. She lives with um, a prosthetic leg and they danced. They danced well. In fact, some, some, they danced better than some people that, you know, didn't have those disabilities. So you can't count people out because they're disabled. I mean, my, my son, he has high frequencies high frequency loss in both ears. He's had it since he was born, you know, and he's doing well. He, in fact, what he does for a living, he works with children who have disabilities and he had a child that was nonverbal. And my son has the kid talking and understanding within like, he worked with him for about four years. So, you know, people are totally capable. We may have disabilities, but we're still capable and should not be counted out. And, you know, it's like, even arranging this interview, I take this as if I am a member of the press and I am a member of the thing. I, I mean, I've done stuff for Disney. I've done stuff for all these major companies and stuff. So when I do these shows, I take it very seriously as if yeah, this is my job. Exactly. This is what I was born to do. And even this, this is not an interview. This is a conversation that we're having, and it just happens to be recorded. Gotcha. I love that, too. <laughs> That's right. Because when you hear the word interview, some people get really weird. It's true. It's true. When they hear the word interview, they put on this false persona like right. oh I have to talk like this <laughs> <laughs> no, no it's, it's very true it is very true what you're saying yeah it's true it's true so it's like I don't feel like though what I'm doing should be treated as a less than thing because it's not Exactly. Uh, I remember when I was a couple years ago when I was, you know, applying for jobs and, you know, having a disability coordinator yeah. or whatever. They said to me, the show's great, but you need to do something more productive with your life. Are you serious? Like, because they think I'm, I'm just sitting in my room, just talking to... You know what I'm saying? I do. I get that. I get that. I mean, I can see them saying you you also have to get out. I can see that. But but you also need to do this because this is like you said, this is what you were born to do. Period. And this type of work, you have to be indoors to do it. I mean, if you're doing it over Zoom, you're indoors. I mean, to, you can do both. That's the way I see it. And it's like 
I mean, I, I do get out, but the thing is, though, you don't need to belittle what I've, what I've built. Exactly. I'm not just starting out. Right. When you saw the breadth of my interviews, I bet you were shocked. I was, I was blown away. Like, look at him go. Look at him go. It was, it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. And that's what made me want to participate because it is fantastic. So I applaud you, what you've built on your own. Like you said, no corporation is backing you on. This is you. This is all you. You did this. I think it's awesome. What is something that you wish people knew about you and your career? <sighs> I wish people knew that my goal was to be a star. But my goal was different different than my maker's goal for me. And I'm totally thrilled by it because what I know about myself is that I like being anonymous. I enjoy my family, the time that I spend with them, the time that I was able to spend with them because I'm not a star. I know some things about stardom that could be very confining and very lonely. And I'm not that kind of person. So what I sought out to become, I didn't know what it all entailed. So with that being said, I'm very happy with the outcome of my career. You know, I get to do cartoons for kids and, you know, travel around and doing little gigs here and there and tell movies and commercials. And I'm still anonymous. I mean, people, some people recognize me, but it's not like if, if Beyonce walks in, there's nowhere on this earth she could go without security or something. I wouldn't want that. I don't want that for my life. I don't want that, you know, and, and I, I respect what she's doing because this is what she wants. So it's nothing wrong with a person that wants that. But, you know, I, it has to be aggravating that everywhere you go, someone, can I get your autograph? Can I do the, hey, that's me. That would be aggravating. I would, it would drive me nuts. So I'm very happy. And I'm, I want people to know that about my career. It's been amazing. It's been a blessing. And it's just awesome. So we're going to do something fun here. Okay. I've pulled a list of people that you've worked with over the years. And oh. I want I want your first thought. What's one word to describe working with them or being in their presence? Okay. Look, hopefully I'm familiar with these people because, you know, there's a lot of people that's at the session or not when I'm there. I may not have even met them, but we'll see. I'll let you know. Okay, let's, let's try this. Okay. Tom Bergeron. Oh, let's see. Gracious. That that is like even what you saw on TV that was him. I what you saw on TV that was him. Absolutely. That he, was the, what you saw on TV was his true personality. He is the nicest man in the world. He is when I first got on the show, um, and I met him. And I told him that my daughter and my husband was there. And I, would you mind taking a picture with, with us? 
And he said, yeah, yeah, have them, bring them to the stage. We don't want to take it in this hallway that's just white. Let's go to the stage. I mean, this man is taking my family. He is the nicest man. He's genuine. He's very genuine. So that's why I say he's gracious. I appreciate him more. <laughs> I, I love him. Yeah, me too. Okay, so the next name I've got for you is Adam Levine. Adam Levine was super kind to me and my children. He, um, I contracted the vocals for the recording that we did in California. And then we, we flew, he flew me and my son and my daughter and my um, nephew out there to Atlanta to perform at the Super Bowl. He was very kind to us, gracious, and he took pictures with us. And the fact that he gave me the opportunity to sing lead with him on the biggest stage in the world. I will always love him. On the bit, one of the biggest telecasts <laughs> of. Huh. Of course. I mean, how could you not love somebody that gave you that opportunity? He was awesome yeah, to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm very uh, thankful. So now this one is a total switch. Uh -oh. you, were, you were on America's Got Talent. Yes. Was it kind of weird having Julian Huff judge you when you worked with her in the past? Well, you know what was well, it wasn't weird to me. What do you mean, as far as because no. we were on the same show? Yeah, but was I there thought like that was great. I didn't. I, I I was surprised she was there because I had no clue that she would be judging a singing show. You know what I mean? So, but I didn't feel weird that she was judging me. You know, as far as um, no, like, I, I, was you like, oh yeah, reunion? We should, we should kind of like. No, I I didn't feel did like she recognize that. you. I don't know. She didn't let on if she did. I I don't think she. I mean, how could she not? Like, no, I don't know. I don't know. You're, I you're recognizable. Talk. I know. I think so, but I can't say which. You know. Yeah. I don't know what's in her head, but you know. I have no clue. I have no clue. I was surprised to see her as the judge. That was the biggest thing. And I didn't think anything of it. I was thinking, well, you know, you either like somebody's voice or you don't, whether you're a judge or not, or know them or not. You just, we're not friends. We don't go hang out. You know, we have never had dinner together. So I didn't think anything of it. I was, I was, I guess I was just wrapped up into, okay, what am I singing here? you know, on this show, and I had to memorize those lyrics. And I am the queen of, I have my lyrics in front of me because I sing in the studio all the time. So I'm a, I'm accustomed to having lyrics in front of me. So I'm like, I got to memorize these lyrics. How do I do it? So that's what I was more concerned with, you know? Yeah. And then finally, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. I got to tell you, I didn't meet Jamie Foxx. So when I went into the studio to sing, Jamie Foxx is not there. Regina King's not there. It's the producers, composers, you know, maybe, you know, whoever's the people behind the scenes are there. So I didn't, I've never met Jamie Foxx, but I would love to make, meet Jamie Foxx because I think he's an amazing actor. And I've just been made aware that he didn't, he, he won an Oscar for that role. I yep. didn't even know that. <laughs> I'm just going along my day, doing my work oblivious to what's really going on seemingly, you know, but um, yeah, he, he's a great actor. 
Because see, when I first um, was introduced to him as, as an actor on television, he was on In Living Color or one yeah. of these comedy shows. I, and he was a comedian. I had no clue he was that deep. And then I later learned he could sing because he can really sing. He really can sing. And then when he did Ray, it's like, oh my goodness, this man, he's awesome. He's great. So, so is there looking forward a, to meeting him? <laughs> well, if, look me uh, up, Bob. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. I yeah, because I talk to him all the time on my speed dial. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. But is there a moment from Dancing with the Stars specifically mm-hmm. that just moved you that you were like? Almost at a loss for words. Like you, almost, like I, you're like I'm singing, I'm singing during this, but I'm witnessing this happen, and it's just so beautiful. Is there any moment where you're kind of like, I'm here right now, and this is wow. I think I'm trying to think if there's. I really, honestly, cannot say that there was. Well, you I, were there when Maria Osmond fell. When she, when she, yeah, but I've been on stages where things have happened. No, but what, <laughs> in that No, but in that moment, it's live and it's on TV, and you're just you were it was after the dance, so you're just like, okay. Well, right, and and I guess when it happened, like for example, if I speak on that, when she fell out. They cut to commercial. She wasn't down long. So, you know, she wasn't out. That would have been startling because we're waiting for her to come to. She kind of passed out, like faint, faint, fainted somewhat and came on back, you know, and had to go off. I think she was a little dehydrated, you know, because all that dancing they do, you know, you're sweating profusely when you're dancing. And if you're not drinking enough water, you know, you can't sustain that. So I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to say what happened to her because I don't know. I wasn't privy to that information, but she was okay. I'm trying to think, was there anything that just, oh, you know, there is one thing. There is one thing. There may be an instance that I can think of where I was totally floored, but it was by a singer. Um, Dancing with the Stars had an a guy from India sing a song from his, you know, from India. I, I, I don't know what you would call it, like a Indian song, <laughs> you know, singing the way they sing. I'm not articulating this well. I really don't even know how to say it. But we, I, I, get, I get where you go. You know what I'm saying? But to sit in that pit and watch him execute, I was floored because I had never heard. I hear it on TV if I'm watching something about India or so you hear them sing in their native tongue or I hope that's not the wrong word to say about it. But man, I was floored. He was amazing. I had never seen anything like it before. And we became friends too for a while that we, we talked on and off, but it's been so many years. I can't even think of his name right now. His name was C.J. Sharanjeet, CJ Sharanjeet sang 
a song on Dancing with the Stars that was like an Indian from like East Indian song. And he killed it. And I had never heard anything like that in my life. Only on television did I hear it. But I've never witnessed seeing someone sing like that. It was amazing. So that I, I and that's sad to say that that's the most memorable, monumental experience that I had that made me just sit back in my chair in awe because I just never witnessed a singer doing that. So it was it was awesome. So what has been the hardest part of your career? <sighs> the hardest part of my career, I would think, let's see, would be to stay focused, stay focused on my end game. I, I feel like I'm kind of a different type of artist. I like to make connections with people. And of course, when I came out of high school trying to get into the music industry, I, you know, I'm going to make friends and, oh, we're going to pile around. We're going to go eat. We're going to do all these things. And, and some of that happens, but it is a business, you know, it's, it's a business and I'm kind of a person, I'm a homebody. You know, I grew up in a Christian family. Um, I'm not trying to say I'm all proper and perfect. I'm not, none of those things, you know, I'm not, but I don't drink, I don't smoke. I don't, I don't do a lot of stuff. I overeat. That's my thing. I like to eat, but <laughs> you know, just me too, of, me too. Yeah, you know, but relating, you know, to people in the business on a personal level, I found difficult because I'm so different. You know, I don't know that I fit in, fit in. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm there. I'm fun, you know, but I'm the kind, I like to go deep with people. I'm the kind of person that if you got an issue, call me at two in, two in the morning, I'm going to be on the phone trying to help you figure that thing out. You know, I'm kind of that. And I'm, I, I don't know that this business. You're empathetic. I am. I really am. You know, I'm the person that's on Dance with the Stars. When I know all the people that are, the, I know the security guards. I know the people that clean. You know, the facility. I, I, I'm talking with them. We, we hanging out. Or, or if I go through a door, I'm like, it's hot out here. Do you need some water? And they're like, yeah, but they can't leave their post. I'll go get them some water. You know, I'm that girl. I'm that. I don't know. So I'm 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 kind of different, you know, and um I don't know that I fit in, fit in, but that's why I love what they wrote about me and um when they wrote the article and for Super Kitty and that I was the perfect choice for this. I know. Cuz I have those type of more I was let me tell you, my whole career was done. I had arrived in my mind when so I, I Oh, let, me, me. let me tell you this. You and I have been friends for since like 2017, 2018, something like that. We've been talking on and on. But when I saw that, I was like, I have not met her yet, but but my friend deserved this. You deserve oh. every. Thank you. You deserve this. Because, because that your role in that show 
is more than a main title. Mm. It's integral to keeping the show going. Yeah. And when, when do you have a singing voice taking care and taking you through the entire show? I, I don't know any. I just... Right. Isn't that something? And I really... And that's the genius of Paula and everyone over at Disney for yeah. crafting this thing. Yeah. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. And I mean, I felt like the main title and there's a, you know, that the song that comes on the kitty cat call. I think that's yeah. what they call it. I mean, those songs sound like they were crafted for my voice. I have not really had a song crafted for my voice. And I appreciate it so much. I felt loved. I felt seen. You know, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm going to get emotional because I'm emotional. Okay. Let me just stop We'll get emotional together. I know. I just feel honored that they saw that in me. They saw the person that I am because that's important to me. Who I am as a person, my character, not just my voice. I'm so much more than my voice, you know, and I love my voice. I'm thankful that I have a voice, but I'm so much more than that. And they saw it. They see who I am as a person and how I care for people and that people matter to me. Everybody matters to me, you know, so I, I just, that's why I'm just floored to be a part of this. I'm honored because that show the theme of it, the the summary of it, or however you want to wrap it up, that's what it is telling people. That even if it's a bad guy, they have a story. And we have to get to the bottom of that story to help them get through it. You know, and I that is an important message that needs to be Absolutely. Heard. It's awesome. I mean, so I feel like I've arrived. I've arrived at a place where I want to be that matches my person. And it's just... It's just awesome. So, if we could get personal for a second, we already are, but <laughs> let's go further. Um, what was it? Because, you know, I've contacted you several times in the past mm -hmm. to do an interview. Mm -hmm. But what was it about me? And, and I'm not asking this to get a comp, you know, mm. but... I just want to know, because not everybody gets what I'm trying to do. Yes. So I just want to know what you liked and what you saw and what you like about this conversation and me and the whole experience. Well, because I'm so close to people with disabilities that live with disabilities, I know it. Um, my son, I told you about, I have a nephew that's autistic. My sister, Cynthia Berry, who is a pastor, she works for Johnny and Friends. So I have a very intimate relationship with people that have disabilities and it and they matter to me. And I don't think they always get their fair shot. I don't think they're always appreciated for the things they can do. And I don't think they're always seen to be people that can do. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think it's fair and I don't think it's right. Because I have two in my family that are totally capable and do a lot of amazing things that matter to people. 
that make a difference in people's lives. And I think value should be placed on that ability. So the that like what you're doing, what you've set up, that you're interviewing people, you ask great questions, you're very organized, you're very timely. I mean, this is what we expect from everybody, right? So where is the difference? There's no difference. There is none. So it's really my honor to do it because I feel like you should be highlighted. You should be acknowledged for what you're doing. And, and you know, I'm you happy know, to be a part if, of that. It's not. And, you know, I'm not. Inter I'm not doing this show because I'm disabled. No, I know you're not. <laughs> and when people put the disability at the forefront, yeah, it it's not a disability podcast. Mm -hmm. And when it starts to become that, yes, I'm very quick to like, all right, let's redirect. That's right. Because, because I don't. Like, for example, like, I'm in a healthy relationship, mm -hmm. and I, my girlfriend has cerebral palsy like me, and is visually impaired. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when, when we, when we first met each other, her, her parents were like, oh, does, does he have CP too? Like, not everybody she meets has to be disabled for her to make you know what I'm saying so I do I know exactly what you're saying like people think that people with disabilities have a shared experience and mm -hmm. in some areas they do but in some areas they don't I mean I was a little background on me personally I went to a school just for kids with disabilities. Oh. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I had stayed there, mm -hmm. I would have been so sheltered. Uh-huh. I understand. I understand. Because the phrase that I use when it comes to disability is this. One size doesn't fit all. Just because one person connects with something doesn't mean the other person is. That's right. That's right. So when it comes to me interviewing people mm -hmm. and me having these conversations mm -hmm. and me working with such companies as Disney, Nickelodeon, yes. like all these major things, it's like they're not doing it because I'm disabled it's not a make a wish it's not a right. it's not a, a an organization run thing it's not no and you heard my interview with paula mm -hmm. you saw something in me mm -hmm. and you wanted to learn more yes yes and i re i really value that i'm so glad I'm glad you value that. But I do want to say this. I want to say that when it comes to disabilities, in order to shine a light on it so people will see it and value it, I feel like it's our duty to come on a show like this. Now, it's not because it's a charity case. Oh, he's disabled, so I, I got to No, it's not that. 
It's to show the world that, yes, this person is disabled, but look how great he is at this. Because see, people don't, they don't assume that. They assume the opposite. So although sometimes it may appear that, oh, they're doing it because I'm disabled. For me, and I know you care. I know it matters to you because of how you perceive it. But for me, when it's good, it has to be highlighted. People oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's important because they have to know. And the, the sad thing is that people got blinders on and they have preconceived notions about what disabled is or having a disability is. And it's not always right. So it's important to shine a light on, look how great this is. But there's a way to do it. That's right. It is and a way. Have it, have it not come patronizing or condescending or... Because, because some people are like to me, you know, I'm so inspired by what you're doing. And I was like, they could either mean one of two things. Okay. They could mean what he's doing is really cool despite his obstacles. Or he got up out of bed and he's doing something. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Now, let me ask you a question about that. How do you determine which it is? Oh, you can tell. Okay, you can tell. It's never an assumption. It's, it's that you can tell. <laughs> of course, there's some people that's obvious. I'm not talking about them. Because there could be people that are not obvious, and they're saying just that, my God, based off his obstacles, look at how great this is. I admire you. They could be saying that, and they may not have the personality to really convey that in a way that you get it. Because I know for me, and this might not be a good analogy, but my daughter told me yesterday, you know, she said, you're, you're kind of funny when people are not as exuberant as you, you might kind of assume that, okay, they're not being friendly. And that's not necessarily true. I said, you know, that's a really great point because my daughter, she's not always like this. That's my personality. So I, of course I'm attracted to them. Oh, and she could be excited and have the straight face. But I have assumed that, okay, you're not having a good time. She's like, I am having a good time. Like, well, you're not acting like you're having a good time because that's how I act. So it's really interesting to know, you know, you don't know. I mean, of course, like you said, there's obvious people. But then there's some other people that they may not even be able to express, like. But it's not what they say. Mm -hmm. It's how they say it. Oh, uh, absolutely. Can I give you a prime example? Here's, here's an example. Okay. So for years, in order for me to make friends, my, my mother decided to put me on a bowling league so I could get out there and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Meet people. But I quickly realized that these people were not me. You know, like they weren't because they were nonverbal. And I'm very accepting of mm -hmm. people with disabilities. But I felt like when you're in a group, with other disabled people yeah. trying to be one with each other. Yeah. It becomes a lot because my intellect is so high. I'm not above them in any way, but 
it becomes like I can't connect with them because I get you. I don't relate to them. Yes. Yeah. No, I understand. I, I can understand that. And I can see how that could be an issue. Um, you know, I, the interesting thing about that is. But then again, I was younger and I didn't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm sure. But, but even so, I just, I don't care if I'm with other disabled people. But it's like, everybody's like, oh, you should join this league. You should do this. You should join what? Uh, you should join this league or you should join oh. this club or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you wouldn't keep my sister doing that. I got you. Let me let me say this. I'm going to say something about that. My nephew, um, Sizwe Mabua, he, has, he's, he is a person with autism. He's high-functioning. He wants so much for his life. I mean, he has gone from bagging at Smart and Final to the cashier position that no one thought he could do. But he was given the opportunity. And I think what happens is people lump everyone with disabilities into one area, which is not always a good idea because I even think about if I'm interested in skiing, and this person's over here interested in something deep sea diving, and I'm not interested in that. But because we do extreme sports, we're lumped in together. That doesn't necessarily mean we we're going to relate. So it, I don't think they should lump everybody together. You, you get what? Yeah, exactly. It's not right. It's not right. And the other thing is this: I don't think. I, I, let me just say that I'm appalled or, or concerned about. Why don't I see more people with disabilities? When I was younger, I saw people with disabilities all the time. It wasn't like a, a uncommon thing to see. Now I don't see anybody. Where are all these people? There are people out there with disabilities. Why are they? And it just seems like they're being hidden or put somewhere I don't know. It's strange to me, but I think we all need to be together because we learn from one another, you know, for whatever your disability may be. Yeah. You may be able to learn something from me because you're around me. Yeah. You would not. So, so to me, I think, I don't know. I don't think it's done right. <laughs> I know that might sound weird, but I don't, no, so, no, no, it's not. It hasn't been. It's no. not. No, I don't think so either. I'm thinking about my future and what, how I'm going to get paid for this show eventually. And that branding and sponsorship deal. Like that could, that's not even a dream. That's something I'm going to do. Absolutely. It's totally possible. It's totally possible. We know this, right? And, yes. And we also know. That you are now a lifelong friend and supporter. That's right. I'm here. I'm here. I'm so honored to do this. And not because you're not, let me say, not because you're disabled, but not, not because you're disabled. Yeah, it's a cool thing. This is a double-edged sword here. This is a dual um, goal. Helping you to get what you need. And helping the world learn what they need to learn 
and letting them know that you are totally capable. So, you are more than capable. So let me open this up for you. All right. Do you have any questions for me about disability? Is there anything you want to know? Um, let me think. I wasn't prepared for that. What would I want to know about your specific disability? Okay. Or just in general. Well, let me, I, I probably have a few questions. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm How here. old were you when your disability was discovered? Two. Oh, two. So you've been in this situation for a while. How did it affect, how do you think it affected your um, outlook on life? And when I say that, I'm saying how at two, you're having this, um, you're, you're living with this disability, and then to be able to go on and achieve this goal right here. How were you able to just keep focused and keep positive and know that you're going to get there and not give up? Well, that's an amazing feat. Well, this is a long story, but trust me, it gets somewhere and I'm happy to tell you. So when I was diagnosed, mm -hmm. like I said, I was two. And then at three, I was automatically put on a school bus to a, a children's center for people with cerebral palsy and other similar conditions. Now, that was... A family that was a unit. Everybody knew each other. I didn't have to explain myself. I didn't have to, you know, you know, say, "Oh, I have a disability." Well, what's a disability? I didn't have to do any of that. But then, I was there from when I was three till mm -hmm. I was six years old. Wow, you and live? Then, there? You live there? Or you would? No, you I would transport it there. Okay, transport it there. Okay, but I was there more than I was. Home. Home. Yeah. And then my mom decided to, like, keep me back a year because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for new experiences yet. I had, I was, I, I was very clingy and I just needed, fa I needed more help. Yeah, of course. Of course. And then... When I was six years old, she basically said, okay, he's going into public school. Okay. Regular public school with special ed classes because that's what I needed. Okay. And that was a culture shock because you're, for six years, you're, or for five years, you're with people that get you and even before i went to that school i was getting at home care so i knew everybody there oh okay right so, like, okay. so by the time you're going into a new public school different types of people not just disabled people right oh. as your friend right you have to explain what a disability is oh. why as a kindergartner, as yeah. a six-year-old. Yeah, gotcha. Added on to the fact that I live in New York, okay? Okay. And I went to kindergarten in September 2001. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, 
my nurse's, my school nurse's husband that I just, I just met this nurse three, like a week prior. Right. Her husband was in the towers, the twin towers. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. So, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm learning this new school in New York. And 9-11 is happening. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you, so you just find your friends and you meet people. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my mother this. I say, I'm glad that I'm disabled. Because mm-hmm. who knows where I would have ended up otherwise. Isn't that something? There's benefits. Uh, wow. Because if I didn't have the time to watch TV, to listen to music, to listen to film, to watch films, I wouldn't have the time and energy to create this product. Right. Right. Wow. That's really awesome. I like that. Because it gave me the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting on my butt by default. I'm in a wheelchair, but yeah, but it gave me the time to be laser focused on what I'm interested in, exactly, and what I hope to be for people. Yeah, and I'm so glad mm. that we had this time today. Me too. It was and really great to get to know. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thank you so much for choosing me. I appreciate it so much. And, and I where and where can people find you? Well, my I have my website. Well, as far as my website, you know, is CarmenCarter.com. You know, I'm on Facebook under Carmen Carter. And I'm in the process of planning a show, some live stuff. I'm gonna start doing some live shows so i'm trying to get my band together and get some music together and see what i'm going to do so that's kind of up in the air right now but i'm really excited about it and i will let you know so you have to stay in touch with me i most certainly will thank you so much for this conversation i'll never forget it the dj bob show pop culture past and present